1: He's a very gifted singer.
2: I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. The people who've heard me. That good.
0: On 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Sports Sunday here with you, 9 to 11 a.m.
2: One of those special days. Joe with his Rip City shirt on in there, showing his team pride, man. I love it. He probably slept in
0: that shirt last night. Yeah, he did. He probably slept uh, cuddling a basketball. Not this specific shirt. But a Rip City shirt, nonetheless.
1: No, but the shirt underneath it, and
0: I'm wearing my white tee, I didn't sleep in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is one of those rare days where we're going to be the, the literal first people to talk about a playoff game. Yeah. You know, we, we always say, like, oh, like it's our chance to talk about something or oh you know at the NFL we get a little bit more of a, on on Sunday morning it's like hey this is our day to talk. Blazers won last night, late game, there's a ton to react to. It was a great game, it was a fantastic win and I didn't really plan a time to stop talking about the Blazers. We're just going to talk about the Blazers win until we run out of things to talk about
2: then we'll move on. Yeah, I think until we, you know, touch all bases yep. on the, on the Blazers, but there's a lot to there's a lot to discuss, man. There's a lot to kind of to cover about yesterday, and, and even the, the rest of the playoffs, were you know those other playoff games were really good. Oh, well. you know, I thought the other games were really, really good. If but, we I have mean, time, obviously, I want to get to that. I don't know if people want to talk much Boston, you yeah, know, I mean, Brooklyn,
0: but Brooklyn is terrifying. It, we'll we'll get to those games if we have a if we have a chance. I also want to bring up the playing games because we just watched those for a week, and I uh, although the last game was quite exciting. I'm not sure I'm sold on the play-in tournament as a full thing. So, you know, if we got time, we'll get to that. Hate it or love it will be coming up at 1030. Text us throughout the show, 503-250-1080. Let us know your thoughts on the Blazers win yesterday, and, uh, you know, we'll interact with you guys throughout the show on there and on the air. And uh, you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. Normally we BS for 12 minutes and kind of – get ourselves into the show a little bit who's got time for i don't really feel like that today yeah
2: no let's just you know we can just dive right into it why not
0: game one in denver blazers 123 nuggets 109 before we dive into any of the explicit details initial reactions from game one go
2: man um gutsy win by the blazers uh Honestly, I thought the game would be closer. I think we all kind of did, but, uh, super, super impressed with the Blazers defense, um, which we've been saying a lot of over the last couple of weeks, they've been playing great defense and last night was no exception. Yoke, just such a beast. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's just one of those things. There's sometimes there's just nothing you can do about a dude. Actually, there is something you can do about, you know, somebody that's that skilled in, in every facet of the game. And the Blazers did that last night. And, um, Man, Dame came to play. CJ came to play. Everybody that you needed to come to play for you showed up last night. And that's you're going to need that same type of effort moving forward.
0: Yeah, my initial thought on this game, and, Joel, I'll come to you too for this, was you were down by 10 in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it all clicked, and the Blazers stormed up to a win. And because the reason for that was because of the myriad of weapons you have on this team. It was what I was talking about last week before going into the playoffs, is finally, I don't know if everybody trusted or did before the playoffs started, I was of the mind that finally, Damian Lillard has his outlets. Finally, if he's getting double teamed off of a screen at the top when he crosses half court, he has a guy who can shoot a three. Finally, if he's driving the rim and the entire team collapses on him, he has two to three guys that he can get to who can hit a three. In the past, those were Al Rucomino shots. In the past, those were, those were shots he didn't want anybody taking. Now you have CJ playing very well. You've got Norman Powell, who had, frankly, a pretty bad game for him, so hopefully we get to see a little bit more of playoff Powell, if, uh, as, as Raptors fans call him, as we move forward. You have Carmelo Anthony you've got Robert Covington, you've got Ant Simons, all guys who you trust, you know, 40% of the time on average to hit a three. And that showed yesterday. That second half was a barrage of threes, and they hit them all at the end. It felt like every shot they took, they hit. And it was any momentum the Nuggets tried to steal, it was, uh, no, sorry, we're just going to keep hitting threes. So finally, the Blazers have those shooters that Hassan Whiteside wanted badly last year and didn't get. Finally the Blazers have those shooters. And that is very that's very exciting for this series, but that's an exciting prospect, even you know, assuming they win this series and move on to round two, to make that a competitive series too, because as long as you can shoot, you're gonna be in these games. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, to pick up right where he left off, facilitating, passing. You got twenty nine assists from this Blazers team. Dame with thirteen of them, and a lot of those came in that first half when
0: that's his playoff record.
1: Yeah, he couldn't, couldn't uh, get cooking right away. And then in that third and fourth quarter, he started hitting some threes and making plays on the offensive end scoring-wise. And you're exactly right. Those shots would have been Aminu, Mo Harkless shots where you're crossing your fingers as they go up in the air, hoping that they go in. And then you have Mello who just lights them on fire in the first quarter, which is awesome, by the way, because the fans were booing him and he was able to do that. And then you have Anthony Simons who's stepping up the young gun who's in what year three now, who last year people were upset because in his sophomore year, he didn't take that, that leap that people were hoping. And you saw him do that last night. He shot and made, I believe three, four threes. He has four or five from three, um, just the 29 assists alone. I mean, for the team that's known to play ISO ball to facilitate and move the ball around. There was one play where they were just dishing left, right all across the wing and then it ended up in cj's hand and he drained a three i mean it was really nice to see and especially in that second half like you were saying it seemed like everything was going in um now you live by the three you die by the three so hopefully they can keep the trend going and making shots i mean 19 three-pointers is a lot but also you kind of see what people are saying is that i don't know if denver has the firepower outside of Jokic and michael porter jr who shot one of 10 or 11 from three To really keep pace with this Blazers offense.
0: I think that's the thing that was the most eye opening to me is going into the series. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a lot of end of season Denver like I watched the last game of the year uh, between the Blazers and the Nuggets, but the Nuggets kind of took that a little bit easy and you know, they had a lot of bench guys play a lot of minutes. So that's not really indicative of who the Nuggets were. I haven't seen a lot of Nuggets without Jamal Murray. All I saw was the Nuggets went like I think it was 13 and four without him. So I, I kind of had the feeling that, you know, yeah, you lost Jamal Murray, but Jokic is still the MVP and incredible, and he's been able to will this team to wins. And I know regular season is different from playoffs, but what what I learned yesterday in that game was, especially because Will Barton was hurt too, is the Nuggets don't really have anybody, is that Jokic is pulling a Dame right now. He's the guy, and he has a second fiddle. Like, damn it, always has, has always had CJ. He has Michael Porter Jr. who can score, you know, at least on the inside. He can, or from within the arc, he can score. And beyond that, it was a bunch of guys that you didn't fully trust. And also, boy, did they now play a look at defense. <laughs> I mean, the Campazo guy tried really hard to, to guard Dame, but he could do nothing. I mean, he's small. I think that's the thing is Dame has trouble with really good defenders who were long, is Camposo's just annoying and small? So yeah, I mean he was aggressive on him, but Dame was able to do whatever he wanted. Dame was able to drive to the rim. Dame was able to go around screens for threes, and and in the second half, he just, especially in the third quarter, he just absolutely took over. So the Nuggets, this might be one of those series where it's like, I think maybe after that game, Nuggets fans are like, well, you know, it, it's been fun, but we're hurt. So what are we supposed to do? And you know, there's still plenty of games left, of course, but. It does kind of feel like after that game yesterday that this should very clearly be the Blazers' favorite to win.
2: It, it's, I mean, I think most of us kind of feel that way, but also uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves as far as what the Blazers are going to do for the rest of the series. Do you remember last year in the playoffs? Blazers came out and played a great game, one against the Lakers and won, and then what happened after that? Now, I'm not saying, and by any means, Denver is the Lakers or as talented big difference the between
0: one-seeded Lakers healthy Absolutely. and a injured three-seeded Nuggets I
2: Man, three they're still a three seed they're still a top four seed you know in the West and you know uh, Michael Porter Jr. is somebody that the Blazers are going to have to play close attention to you know he's he had a playoff you know his playoff average is 12 points uh he had 25 and 10 yesterday and and really like like Joe said was one for ten from three and still had twenty five. He was and eleven
0: was st- for eleven from inside.
2: Man, you know what I mean. So he was still fifty percent on the floor and missed ten or nine uh, three pointers. So he's going to be a problem moving forward. And the thing about it is, you know, Robert Covington uh, played. A, I think you know, we look when we look at stat sheets, we look a lot at the score or the, how many how many points you got, and I think that's important. But sometimes things don't show up in the stat sheet. And Robert Covington is the type of dude that a lot of his defensive stops, defensive plays, they're not going to show up on a stat sheet. And I thought he did a really, really as as, as well as he could at certain points against uh, Michael Porter Jr. Now, here's a kid in Porter that if, in April in 16 games there was two games where he didn't score at least 20, only two, you know. And the and after as soon as Jamal Murray went down, he stepped in and has been averaging 20 and hasn't looked back since then. So I think the, the Nuggets might have a real, real problem once Michael Porter Jr. figures everything out. But the Blazers at this point, you're they're, they're healthier, which is a change for them. They're deeper than this uh, uh, Denver team, which is also kind of a big change for them. And then they've got one of the best leaders, if not the best leader in basketball, you know, kind of facilitating things for you. And I think they're all, at the end of the day, they're all playing for Terry Stotts.
0: Uh, I'm not so sure about that. We'll get to that. Uh, CJ had an interesting quote in The Athletic about that. And he basically said, Look, that's this is the league. Sometimes coaches are gonna get fired. We're not playing for Terry. We're just playing to win because that's our jobs. So we'll get to that a little bit a little bit later. But let's take a break. Keep your text coming in. 5032501080. You don't need to spam your text, Blazer Fanatic. <laughs> if we'll see your text if you send it once. Um I want to get we'll get to your text in a couple of segments, but I want to get to next what kind of Joe alluded to, which was frankly the most beautiful Blazers basketball we watched all year. And that was in the game yesterday. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: If that's if that is how they're going to play. Offensively, they're going to be damn near impossible to stop. So we'll get to that next. This is Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan. 918 on your fan, 503 1080 is the text line to interact with us. We'll get to your text in a segment or two here. Such haters. Just trying to break down the uh, everything that we need to get through before we get into the text messages. I wanted to begin with what Joe alluded to last segment was beautiful Blazer basketball. It's something that we kind of forget about during the regular season because there's so much isolation so much isolation ball that you kind of just think like oh well this is what it's going to be like in the playoffs too right you know dame's going to do his thing and then cj's going to do his thing and they're not going to pass the ball that much and uh, maybe it's because of the playoffs it's different or or i don't know i don't know what exactly changed outside of the playoffs but that was incredible to watch yesterday I mean the ball movement was insanely good. There was two or three possessions where they made three or four pinpoint passes in out 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 in out and got a wide open three and they and they hit each time. And I remember sitting there just kind of going, "Holy crap. Like this is this is how they need to play offense all this every single game." And because they have guys who can shoot I think now that you, I think now in the playoffs you trust those kind of plays, right? In the past, you'd have a bunch of great passes, but you couldn't trust the guy taking the last shot if it wasn't Dame or CJ. Now, I trust them all. the The, the least trustworthy is Robert Covington, in my opinion, and Covington has been amazing over the last few months of the season and hitting his threes. That's not to say he's not trustworthy; just out of that group of players taking a shot, when Covington does, I have most of the pucker factor. I'm like, ah. Oh, okay, good. He made the shot. And that is a very, very freeing thing because at some point, the Nuggets will have to choose between collapsing the paint on a di- on a diving Dame or CJ or having one or two guys guard them and allow them to finish up the rim instead. At some point, they're going to have to choose. Neither is a good choice because you know Dame can finish with the best of them. CJ's gotten pretty good at finishing too. And if you collapse the paint on them, you're leaving Melo out there. You're leaving Powell out there. You're leaving Ant out there. And they're just hitting
2: threes left and right. Yeah, It's really, it's it's pick your poison. You know, how, how do you how do you want to die? <laughs> and that's kind of uh, what the Nuggets are, are facing right now. And, you know, the Nuggets are one of those teams that over the past few years, they've been a really good defensive team. And uh, without some of those guys out there on the floor for them, man, that's a problem. And also, man, scoring the ball. You know, you're, it's under, underrated how good Will Barton is as far as Uh, being a spark for them and getting them some additional buckets
0: that's good you got to win when he wasn't in there you
2: know and then you you forget how you forget jamal murray is not on the floor you know i think and you forget that he's an he's an all-star he's somebody that can get to the rim at any point and can shoot with you know some of the best in the league and things like this. so right now i think you're incredibly blessed if you're the blazers to be in this position as far as uh knowing that all your shooters around have finally hit their stride and And it's healthy. You're healthy in the playoffs. Everybody's healthy. And it just, it took a long time for you to get to this point. But I think these blazers are the ones that we were expecting back in December. These are, this is, this is the team that we figured would go out there and be competitive and be maybe even a top four team in the Western conference, you know, and mind you they're at sixth and the West is so, so difficult to win in the West. And like, we've we've always known that. And so, if Nurk
0: and CJ didn't go out for months at a then, time, then perhaps, you know. You that, might have had a higher And especially on.
2: considering the way CJ was playing for those first, you know, 10 games of the season when he was there, it's like, you know, if he could have really been able to ride that momentum forward, who knows where the Blazers could be? But now you're at a point to where everybody's there. Everybody's healthy. Simons has finally uh, got confident enough to really take that shot and make that shot quite often. Like, the, the confidence this young man shoots with is I, I love it, you know, because he's not he, – there was a time where he was kind of second-guessing it when he first got there, but now he gets it and he's letting it go. Even when it's a, if it's kind of a bad shot, I'm okay with that because shooters shoot, that's what they do. He learned from Dame. He learned from CJ. Uh, Norman didn't have a great game like you mentioned earlier. He didn't have a great game, but you know he's going to knock those down. You know, eventually he's going to knock those down. And His nickname
0: thing. was Playoff Powell. Playoff in Toronto.
2: Why is it every time you 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 have a P in your name, you got to be playoff?
0: Uh, because isn't that the most creative thing ever, Rashad? I, sure, God,
2: sure. I mean, let's let's think another. You know, you, you want to know something? What's we're not that? very creative people,
0: generally we speaking.
2: Not. We are not.
0: I'm not. I, I'm not saying we, the two of us, although I'm sure including us in that. I just think generally, if we're kind of thought made to come up with something quick. It's going to be the easiest thing ever. My cousin turned 30 today, and I went with hashtag 30 and flirty. And I went, like, I was like, happy birthday. And she's engaged. It was more of a joke. But I was I was like, what else rhymes with 30 that I can put in this? And I was like, ah, whatever. 30, dirty. 30 and flirty.
2: Yeah, dirty 30, <laughs> you know. but so, We're not very original people we're, here. We are not. I call him Storm and Norman. That's what I call him, <laughs> you know, Storm and Norman pal. But, uh, but once he really hits the shot, he's not going to go uh, three for 11 again. You know, I doubt that that's going to happen. And again, Robert Covington is just one of those guys who just—he's—he's just, he's a glue guy. You know, he's one of those dudes that every team needs one of. He's just going to take shots when he needs to. Three as for long five. as he
0: hits those threes that he hits, and he was two for four. He's the three and D that they needed always.
2: Two for four. You know, he's—he's he's in that Bruce Bowen, you know, kind of category of man. I just play some great defense, and then when I'm open, which I'm going to be because. Dame requires a double team at times on the perimeter, and then if CJ is really knocking those down, so does he. And nobody gets the no no. There's no better mid-range player in the league than CJ McCollum. I honestly think once he gets in that that mid-range anywhere inside that three-point line, that that shot's going in. Chris Paul's
0: pretty good at mid-range.
2: Chris, Chris, I mean, I think people are great. Like Demar Derozan's pretty good in the mid-range. Derozan is great. Uh, um, Kawhi, you know, is great in that mid-range game. But that CJ gets his twenty-seven point. (laughs) Oh yeah, Anthony AD is good at that, but CJ. See, so he's going to get those buckets right in that area. Like that's what he does best. And so when he's able to do that and when everybody's playing well, and then the crowd, you know, this is like, I don't want to say this is the first time they played in front of like a lot of people, but that crowd was really into it. And I think those guys really got up for the fact that the, you know, the Blazers only have what 10% of the, of the crowd is allowed in the games. Uh,
0: that, that is what it has been. Yeah, there is, I haven't heard, but there is talk that before Thursday, which is game one in Portland, that will be increased
2: fingers crossed. I think that I mean revenue. So they probably should. Well, they're lowering the,
0: the restrictions around the state generally. Yeah. So, you know, there maybe they'll allow, uh, this is, I've seen this in other stadiums, maybe that's outdoor stadiums too. Uh, where they allow the vaccinated people to sit together with no restrictions, right, and then uh, unvaccinated still can be there, but in distances and st- distance seating, right, and that could al- allow for a better atmosphere as well. Fingers
2: crossed, I think, because yep. that's what you're going to need. One one of the things about Portland that makes us so great is our home court advantage. You know, the fact that our crowd is so loud and our fans are so into the team and so into the game. So that's a that's a big you know feather in the cap for the Blazers. And you know, on not having that, I can s- see why some of them have been kind of you know, glum on the, on the court because, you know, it's, it's not fun to play in front of, in front of nobody, but they played really, really well. Uh, again, it was, the, it was the perfect storm. You know, like everything. I think everything worked out perfectly in your favor. The other
0: thing you mentioned, Simons, Um, this gives me more hope for the rest of the series that it was Mello and Anthony Simons that got the Blazers back in the game early, right? Blazers are down by like six to eight kind of in that first quarter. They missed their first couple of shots. It was a little bit clunky and then Mello and Simons came in and just hit everything. Mello, I think went four for five from three in the first two quarters. He cooled off towards the end of the game. And then Simons, I think hit two threes in the first half and a couple threes in the second half as well. If it wasn't for those two blazers, don't get it back into the game in the same way. Yeah. But that gives me hope because that's like your fifth and sixth scoring option right there that went off and got you this win. Um, You know, we talked about Powell didn't have a huge game. Covington only scored eight points. Obviously, Lillard played very, very well. uh, But it was Anthony and Simons in that stretch that got you back into the game. That is a big indicator to me that if if those guys can do that, just like one more time in the series, you're good. Because you trust Dame CJ and and Powell to kind of get their shots to go in at some point. You know, you're going to get a Covington game where he has like four threes. And I mean, I want to dedicate a segment to this, but... Uh, Bowsy and Beast is back. And that was incredible to watch yesterday, watching Nurk. So that just gave me a lot of hope that Melo and Simons were the guys that did it
2: yesterday. Yeah, I think Nurk is the one guy we haven't talked about yet as far as the the game that he had. And again, oh, well, I want to get to it. It was, yeah, oof. you look at it, you look at a stat line at 1612. And that's super, super, you know, impressive. But then you look at like what Jokic has and go, uh, yeah, that's not very good. No, but for what Nurk just asked to do, and that was a solid game for Nurkic. It's one of the best games he's had since he's been back in a Blazers jersey.
0: Um, all right. Well, okay. Since we talked about it, I was going to do Terry Stotts next, but since we just talked about it, Yusuf Nurkic, once again, the Bosnian beast. That is next. First Joe has sports. weekends were made for sports this is sports sunday with mike and rashad on 1080 the fan sports sunday 9 to 11 it's 9 33. mike rashad joe with you reacting to the blazers game one win we did get this text guys are committing one of the three great blunders the first is don't get in a land war in asia the second is don't trust the blazers after a game one win nuggets aren't the lakers what i've seen the show before i need to see more before i believe
2: i mean you hate to see it and you hate to uh, you hate to say it but he's The texture isn't isn't wrong. Of course.
0: Uh, I was going to bring this up at some point, but I tend to be conservative, cautiously optimistic in playoff series with the Blazers. But what I saw yesterday was a lot more than that for me. What I saw yesterday was the Blazers playing at a very high level and a shorthanded Nuggets team. That's what I saw. And yeah, they might get Will Barton back for game two, but I don't think Will Barton is making that much of a difference. He's if the Blazers can play that way,
2: he's not going to be enough. Will so, Barton is a, is a, a solid NBA player. He's yes. a solid score and this he team. can score, but I don't think he's a difference maker, especially without Murray and without some of those other guys. So, and of yeah, course,
0: yeah. Michael Porter jr. Could hit some more threes and that could change. I'm not saying this is a sweep. Like, don't get me wrong. This is still going to be a, a six or seven game series in my opinion. All I'm saying is my confidence level went from, yeah, I think the Blazers can win this series to the Blazers are winning this series. Yeah, It's going to be difficult at times, but I think they're just because – and the, a lot of this just because Denver's hurt. You got fortunate. You got fortunate. You got the Nuggets. It's who you wanted to get because he didn't want to play the Clippers. That's for sure. All of the Maybe you won. do want to play the Clippers, The Clippers lost, too. We'll get to that later. But uh, it, it was just one of those things where I had the thought yesterday of, oh, okay, this feels good what because it wasn't really especially in the fourth quarter it just didn't feel close the blazers had just taken the lead and they were able to hold it you know the nuggets would score and the blazers would, would answer Nuggets would score twice blazers would get a three back to nine again you know it was like it was like a constant holding them at arm's length and saying no this is our game this is game one this is our win right here and it just it felt different and maybe that's maybe that's a, a naive way to look at it but it felt different to me. I know it's just one game, but if it, it gave me that much more confidence.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's called confidence, man. Like, I, and that's something that I don't think as fans, a lot of us have really had for a long time, is that the Blazers are going to go into this. The the last time I can remember being incredibly confident as a Blazers fan was going into the Pelican series. <laughs> me too. And I remember <laughs> I went to that game. I got pictures. Was was, I was game. I was so, so excited. I was at game one and two. It's like this is going to be great. First two games, And oh, this is going to be a breeze, right? Loss was not loss. loss. Another loss. Then and then it was like okay, but that was the most confident that I think I had felt going into the playoffs. And after that game, I think a lot of Blazer fans are looking at this like, oh, we got this. This is this is in the bag. Because as great as Jokic is, and he is great, I'm talking like MVP great. Um, and he, he is the Dame, MVP. And even Dame doubled down on that, and saying, "Man, he's he's my MVP. He's the MVP of the league. Man, I get it." He can't do it on his own, and we saw what happened the last time the Blazers and the Nuggets met in the playoffs, and they had to go, you know, long minutes deep into the you know uh, overtime games, and Jokic was gassed, and that's why he lost so much weight to come back slimmer and sleeker, and you know, more athletic than he was before. But he's not going to be able to score sixty a night to be able. That's what's going to have to happen. He's going to have to go for fifty every night if they want to beat the Blazers.
0: Uh, and one of the great things about it in terms of, of Jokic, is that Nurkic is the most one of the most well-equipped players to defend him. He's basically unguardable, Jokic is. He hits everything. He's got a mid-range game. His, his release point on his shot is inside the sky. He's like God shooting the ball, and it's really hard to defend. But Nurk became Bosnian Beast again yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was partially on the offensive side, which I want to touch on, But, yes, Jokic went 14 of 27 from the floor and scored 34 points and had 16 rebounds. But watching the game, those numbers did not – it didn't feel like that. It felt like Nurk was making him work for almost every single basket. There was obviously a huge drop-off when Cantor came in. Cantor actually did his best. Like, you know – this is one thing. Kander's not a great defender, but all year he is trying his ass off on defense. And that's all you can ask from him. He's not going to be good against Jokic. And, and he got exposed on that quite a bit. He played a lot less minutes because of it too. But Nurkic was playing great defense on Jokic. There was one play I remember. I was watching the game on uh, NBC Sports. And uh, Nurk slid so quickly into the path of where Jokic was going to be that he stopped his momentum and, and Jokic had to do a like a, a fake fadeaway reverse shot that hit the front of the rim and the Blazers rebounded. And Lamar Hurd pointed out immediately and said, that was the fastest Nurk's feet have looked all year. Like, he was just there. He mm-hmm. knew where he had to be. He got there before Jokic did to the spot, and he played great defense. And that was offensively, he's getting dunks. He's finishing a little bit more calmly. He's He's being more aggressive, and that's great. That's part of Bosnian Beast. But that comes from him being good on the defensive side. If he's playing poorly defensively, he plays poorly offensively. It's like he has to be playing well defensively, and he kind of translates on the other side. When he plays like he did yesterday, he's always in the way. He's making it tough on Jokic. He's making Jokic expend so much energy on the offensive side. That's how the Blazers are going to be able to uh, to win. And he didn't foul. No. I mean, he. No, w- I think impressive. he wound up with four fouls at the end of the game. But, but when you're playing against a player that's, I think he had
2: two fouls at halftime, and you're like,
0: all right, there you and, go, Nur, good and job. And when you're playing
2: against a big man that's so skilled, like a Jokic, like an Embiid or something like that, who's like, good at getting get contact, you're gonna you're gonna draw some fouls. And the fact that he you know didn't get himself into foul trouble and four fouls is you know that's a lot, and you don't want to push that into the fourth quarter. But that's exactly where you want to be. I think Nurkic, I think he plays up for Denver. I think there's still a little bit of of that you know, kind of F you and Nurkic for, you know, being traded from Denver and basically being told that you're not as good as Jokic. And I mean, for he's being not. honest, he's not, <laughs> but you know, even the last game that, you know, and Jokic didn't play in that game. Well, he in played the, a little bit, but yeah, but you know, 20 points, 13 rebounds for, for Nurkic. Like that's a team that he really wants to match up against. And I think that's a, a challenge that he looks forward to because if you're going to, you know, if you want to be the best, you have to go through the best And right now, Jokic is the best of the best, and Nurkic came to play last night. You you mentioned the the quick feet. I just saw the energy, and I just saw the the effort was there. I think I think sometimes Nurk was just kind of like lumbering around. Like, okay, I'll set the screen real fast. I'm not gonna move super fast, but you can tell he was ready to play and he was ready to win, and that's what you're gonna need from him moving forward. To be honest, like I, 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 Nurkic matched up against any other center that's not Embiid or um, or Jokic. I'm. I'm probably taking Nurkic in most of those, you know, in most of those situations. You know, Rudy Gobert is a great defensive, you know, uh, big man, but he's not like an offensive threat. Well, he know. has
0: very few offensive yeah. skills. And yeah, so,
2: but Nurkic is, actually can be an offensive threat for you if the ball goes through him.
0: The the thing that I, I'm starting to really appreciate, and I hope this stays, the thing with Nurk that we got to be cautious about is that he's streaky. Right. And a lot of it has to do with where he is mentally. Um, which is why I say his good defense leads to good offense. Cause if he knows he's doing well on that side, he has more confidence is over the course of the last, I, I want to say it was just the last like four or five games in the regular season. It wasn't in all in the great stretch. It was just towards the end. And then obviously in, in game one of the playoffs yesterday is that he's, I don't know how to describe it other than he's almost like Euro stepping with the ball more when he gets into the paint. He's he's no longer doing the like quick little panicked bunny, like ah, thing. Yeah. Throw it at the rim. He takes his his like little euro step, and because he's tall, he puts his arm out, and he's able to get around the big because he's got longer arms and just lay it in. And it's it's like it's a it's the calmness of that move that is important for him because when he starts to play too fast, is when he misses layups. Yeah. Or he chips them Or he tries to do this weird like flip shot that he's.
2: Sometimes he'll hit, but he's not great at hitting that. That's the That comes from him getting hit in the face all those times and yeah. losing a tooth, and then all of a sudden, just, uh, just get it towards the rim and, you know. I saw it three or four times
0: yesterday where he did that little hold his arm out with both arms, too, by the way, and, and get an easy layup by going around the big. Uh, and I think he hit, I, he did hit like one or two of the push shots that he does take every once in a while, and he missed a couple of those, too. But as long as he is s- slowing down on offense... That's the key. And he has to be aggressive on offense. And we saw him get a couple of dunks yesterday, including a poster of Aaron Gordon, which was a great dunk. And uh, when he's dunking the ball like that, and he has the, he has the slowed down calm presence on the other plays. That's good. Nurk offensively. It's not going to get you 30 points, but it's going to get you a double double. And you're going to be happy with what he did on the floor offensively. And it gives you another option to score, right? Nurk. If they, if they trap Dame at the top on a screen and Nurk rolls down, he's going to be wide open. And I think the, the Nuggets at first were like, oh, Nurk usually can't finish at the rim, so let's let him do whatever he wants to do in the middle of the paint here. Go and he it. scored most of the time. I mean, he was, what, 7 to 10 from the floor yesterday? So, yeah, 7 to 10. So he was efficient and did the right thing and made the right play and passed the ball when he was uh, in a bad situation to not score where he would have rushed a shot previously. It felt like the Bosnian beast again. And if that's the energy we're going to get from him all series, the Blazers should be very, very excited.
2: Yeah, absolutely. just Because this is, again, this is the first time you've seen uh, the Bosnian beast uh, really since before the injury. He was playing really, really well before the leg injury. And then uh, it's just taken a a little while to really get back to, um, and I'm talking about last year's, you know, injury. What was it last year, two years ago? Two years ago now?
0: Two years ago, the broken yeah. leg. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it took him a while to really find himself. And I think that's going to happen with a lot of people. You're going to see Klay Thompson come back and struggle, you know, for for a little bit until he really finds his rhythm. He's missed NBA. two straight years he's now. He's missed a couple straight years now. But I think when you come back from an injury like Derrick Rose, never really recovered. He's finally getting to a place to where he's like, okay, I'm confident enough in my abilities and what I can do. I think Nurkic just had to get over that hump as far as feeling confident in what he's able to do.
0: Let's get to some of your texts next. 503-250-1080 is the text line. Uh, If you've got anything that you'd like to to share, shoot it over there, and we'll get to as many as we can. And then at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, the Terry Stotts question. His strategy thus far has worked in game one, and it's a pretty smart strategy. But there's also the quote from CJ McCollum about they're not really playing for Terry Stotts' job. How do you feel about that? We'll get to that in the 10 o'clock hour. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 949 here on your sunday morning Microshot joe with you till 11 o'clock we are reacting to the blazers game one win over the nuggets which at least for me if you've missed any of the show so far is inspiring a lot of confidence in this series moving forward more so than previous game one wins let's get to some of your texts 503 250 1080 is the text line we had uh, this one here we go again. First round bailout. So Shea and Stotts can weasel their way back into the Blazers organization. I've lost hope of any changes. Yeah. We talked to Jason quick on primetime this week and they asked the question of if the blazers beat the nuggets does Terry Stotts keep his job. And quick has been very much on the, it's going to take a lot to save Stotts's job at this point train. And he said, yeah, if they beat the nuggets, he probably sticks around because of how they've played here in this last stretch. Which it's funny, you know, the reason that I think Blazer fan is always okay with this kind of a run every year where they don't win the, you know, be more competitive in the, in the playoffs where they don't win in, in the Western conference and make it to the finals or anything like that is because you have these runs where it's so fun, right? Like yesterday's game was so fun to watch. It was a joy to watch that game yesterday that it kind of tricks you into thinking that everything's perfect. Um, there are still flaws with this team, right? And we also don't really know where Jody Allen and the ownership group stands on Terry Stotts right now, right? We, we have read the articles that say that they are watching this season with a much closer eye. He's under the magnifying glass, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, there was the the Shams article that came out that said he needs a deep playoff run to save his job one a series win is not going to be a deep playoff run. So, if that's the case, if they beat the Nuggets and lose to the Suns or Lakers in the second round, if that article is right, he's not keeping his job, right? Because winning a first round is not what ownership wants, according to that article. But those of us who have been watching the Blazers organization for as long as we have, and longer for a lot of you guys who have grown up here, is I think you know if the Blazers beat the Nuggets, Stats is probably keeping his job. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I mean that, goes, yeah, that. That might not be the right choice, but he's probably keeping his job. Yeah, it goes without saying. I think you know he's probably gonna end up keeping it, especially if they can go to the next round and get at least make it a six-game series. You know, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm knocking on wood here. Um, I don't, I don't know if they beat the Lakers or the Suns. I definitely don't think they beat the Suns because again, that Chris Paul just has has Dame's number and has the Blazers' number. So, um, it's, you know, why it was fun. We won. Like if they had played the game, and you played good basketball, and if the scores were reversed, it wouldn't have been a fun game. And even if they lost a close game or something like that, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been as fun. I think winning those games definitely makes it uh, makes it a lot more fun.
0: But the fact that they were healthy at the end of the year and went ten and two to finish the season, right? All of those games were fun. Yeah, like even the loss to the Suns was a great game. And it kind of – it just it reinvigorates you into like, oh, maybe they're
2: – maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I think the loss of this to the Suns puts, uh, put a sour taste in people's mouths just a little bit because, uh, one, it's the Suns it's kind of a rival. That was an insane end of the game, it, It's a crazy end of the game the way you lost, and then it just happened to be Chris Paul that put you away. You know what I mean? I, so I think for a lot of Blazer fans, it was like negative on top of another negative on top of, the, of another negative. But uh, it shouldn't be, you know, discarded how, how well they played, you know, to end the season. And they've carried that over, you know, in those past what thirteen games, you know, or I'm sorry, what was it, twelve games of the season? Or they went ten and two to end the season. I think so. Yeah. So in thirteen games, thirteen games, yeah. yeah. So they're still playing really well. They've carried that over, and that's what you that's what you want to see. That's all you can hope for at this point. Like I've, I've always said, like this point in the season is where you want to play your best football, baseball, basketball. If you're right towards the end of the season. We've seen football teams. Uh, make that run starting week fifteen and go all the way to the Super Bowl
0: in the NBA. That doesn't usually happen. It
2: doesn't usually happen, but you want to be playing confident enough going into the playoffs to where a first round uh, win shouldn't be out of shouldn't right. be out of you know the ordinary for you.
0: This text says my opinion is that that was the Blazers' best shot. Their averages for three point and overall field goals were well above normal, and their defense was solid. They need to keep that up to win. Um, well above normal, yes. Defense was solid, but they've been playing similar to that, like we mentioned, in the last two to three weeks of the season. Uh, Over the course of the year, those numbers were up absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they went through a ton of bad stretches earlier in the year and defensively. (laughs) My God. But they were a top 10 defense in the last couple of weeks of the season in the NBA with Nurk and Powell on the floor at the same time. Even though that's a three-guard lineup with Dame, CJ, Nurk, Covington, and Powell, that lineup was a top 10 defense. And, yes, the Nuggets scored 109 points yesterday. And, yes, when you watch the other three playoff games yesterday, the least defense was played in this game. Um, You know, there was better defense played across the board in the other games. I guess maybe Mavericks, Clippers was a little bit uh, similar, but even that game was lower scoring too. This had the least defense, but – Again, sometimes the numbers can be misleading when you watch the game. I was really impressed by the Blazers defense on like 80% of the possessions. Yeah, they have their lapses. They're not perfect. They're not a great defense. They're going to have those issues. But generally, I thought they did a fantastic job defending the Nuggets. And as long as they keep that same kind of level of energy and effort up, you, you should be able to carry that on through the rest of the series.
2: I think you just said it. Carry that energy and effort. If they can do that. Then I think this team can really compete with anybody, and not just a, a, a hurt Nuggets team. I think this team, if they play the way they played last night, and they really, if they play the way they played over the last fifteen games or so, man, this Blazers team can make some noise and possibly even save Terry Stotts' job. Now I don't know. I don't think that can happen, but they can. We've we've shown, or the Blazers have shown, uh, if it's end of a close game, you know you have a closer. Really, you have a couple closers because CJ can knock those shots down as well, but you're probably going to give the ball to Dame. Now that they're playing defense, you know, they, they're getting gritty. They're getting kind of nasty with it and everything. So this team, now that everything is clicking, they're as good as anybody else in the playoffs, and they just need to kind of keep it together and make sure they keep up that energy and effort on the defensive end, and then they can make some make some noise.
0: This text says, Mike, they were a top-ten defense, but who did they play? You have to look at the whole picture. Sure, uh, they played some teams who were shorthanded, and I, I've seen a lot of arguments to that point. But here's the other flip side of it. The whole picture is it didn't matter who the Blazers played. They were the worst, second worst defense in the NBA for five, we- or like for five months of the season. It, they could have played the worst offense in the NBA, and they looked like crap, right? They couldn't defend anybody. Mm-hmm. They were historically one of the worst defenses of all time. Thank God the Kings were worse this year because that would have been the worst defense of all time. So, the fact that they were the top 10 defense against anybody was impressive to me. Yes, they had some fortunate injury bounces. And yes, they continue to have some fortunate injury bounces in the playoffs right now. Uh, it's nice to have that for a change, isn't it? It is. You know, oftentimes it's been the Blazers who have been injured. Yes, you did have the Clippers series, what was that, six years ago now, where both Blake, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul got hurt in the middle of the series and you got fortunate in that. But generally speaking, uh, the Blazers have not had a lot of that luck, and they're getting it now, which is good. The whole picture to me is just play better defense. That's it. It's I, I don't care about the opponent. Yes, that could be part of it, but they're playing better defense. And, okay, they were a top-10 defense against weaker teams. Let's say they do beat the Nuggets in this series, and they play the Suns or Lakers, who are better teams. If they can keep that same energy and effort that they've been playing with mm-hmm. up, they're not going to be the 29th ranked defense level of play anymore. They're not going to be top 10 against those teams because they're better. But if you can be like 15, 16, 17th level of play against the Lakers and Suns, but still have your offense, the way that it has been, you're going to be competitive in that series. So just keep playing with this level.
2: That's it. I agree. That's all they can. I mean, and which is easier said than done, you know, keep up this level because we're crazy. If you think Denver isn't going to come back with a, uh, a counter to of course. The, the Blazers last punch. So they're going to come back and they're going to limit the uh, number of mistakes. They're going to make sure they find other ways to get people the ball. So it doesn't solely fall on Jokic. but the Blazers have to be ready to uh, make those adjustments and really be able to counter whatever adjustment that uh, Denver is going to make.
0: That is a beautiful transition for next segment. Terry Stotts, much maligned for not being great at making adjustments in the playoffs so far throughout his Blazers career has at least started off this series with a brilliant game plan. And we'll see how that goes, but the game plan against Jokic worked in game one and we'll see if it keeps working. It's smart. We'll talk about it next. This is sports Sunday on the fan.